Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of Market Impact Insights, something that we have focused on quite a bit during the podcast, also highlighted in my recent book, The Impact Makers, is the power of diversity, equity, inclusion, and elevating team performance, elevating company performance. A major part of that is the impact of incredible, exceptional women leaders. And we're going to focus today on empowerment and, and the full unlocking of the capabilities of just amazing women leaders with Carolina Billings, whose personal mission and vision is to increase women's visibility and impact. Now, Carolina is the founder of Powerful Women Today. That's a boutique accelerator for success. It's a forum for the empowerment and optimization of women's status and lives. She has sold out conferences, Really, uh, from coast to coast, she's received the continued support accolades of key champions of women in business. She's proud to call herself an advocate working wholeheartedly for the emotional and financial independence and prosperity of women and their dependents. Now, what's interesting is Carolina really took a more traditional path as she achieved C-suite status in a corporate role, and then a seminal moment really shifted her passion and focus into powerful women today. We're going to explore that with her and really uh, fully appreciate all the incredible impact that women are having in leadership through her influence. So with that as a backdrop, all the way from Toronto, Carolina, welcome to Market Impact Insights. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I, I really want to start out going back this amazing personal journey that you've had from rising up the corporate ladder into C-suite. And then you had this, this personal moment of inspiration that really changed the course of your path into a more entrepreneurial direction. Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that a little bit of never meet your heroes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So, so in, in my corporate career, you know, C-suite or partnership is the ultimate goal, right? For many of us, like there's the ladder and you're paying your dues and you're trying to get to the top. And I did, I, you know, I've been mean, very blessed, very fortunate, worked extremely hard and I made it, right? I made it to, you know, CFO, CHRO. And then within the last few years of my corporate uh, career, I made partner. In the second I made partner, I thought, great, this is it, right? I get to live my vision and mission and I get to have a lot more say in the direction of, you know, of my initiatives and my contribution to the world and culture and all that. And, and it actually turned out to be a little bit of, of the opposite. It was one of those things that, you know, maybe we were great at dating, bad at marriage. Once I made it to partner, I realized that, if anything, it actually further limited my ability 
to self-direct their thought leadership and impact, I wanted to have beyond the corporation, right? Um, and, um, and, and I found it very restrictive. And I remember I was um, about to give a keynote about obstacles that I overcome on my way to success. And I had gone back and forth with the senior partner. And, um, and just before I was going on stage, I got a really... Um, in my opinion, inappropriate email from 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 the senior partner, <laughs> and uh, you know, all I remember thinking is, you know what? You're one of the obstacles I've overcome on my way to success. And I got on stage, and I knew, I knew I had to break free. And I gave the keynote of my life. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, many of the people that were in, in the audience ended up being, you know, attendees at our conferences of Powerful Women Today, once they knew I had broken free. But it was just one of those things that, you know, it just wasn't that there wasn't a pot at the end of that rainbow. And, uh, and it's not until you get there that you realize it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a powerful moment and men and women both i think we we fall into the trap as we rise we grow um in our careers uh, into um maybe imposing these um perceptions as to how we need to act and what carrying a certain title means and it does become very defining and very restrictive doesn't it you know based on a traditional corporate view of what those roles are a powerful women today, we speak of emotional and financial independence. And a lot of people think that when we say financial independence means more money, but actually it's the opposite. It's your ability to have a BATNA, like better, you know, better options, because the more money you make, the more you become dependent of that role and the more you become dependent of that organization. So it's actually counterintuitive. And and sometimes it's by design. That's why you get all those golden perks, right? So that it makes it harder for you to walk away. And at times you end up compromising your values in order to maintain, you know, status quo or, or go with the flow kind of thing. You know, the other thing that we all deal with uh, in careers is pursuing this idea of success. Like, What does success really mean? I'm, I'm curious, Carolina, how do you define success? Certainly. Um, you know, success is, um, is really how you feel afterwards, right? Because we all have certain goals and we all have certain aspirations and you know we work we work extremely hard at it like for anybody that you know anybody that resents all the 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 1% right and and i read this quote that you know what what the 1% does is 99% of what most people are not prepared to do so you know if after all the sacrifices and all the hard work you still feel good about it and you would do it all over again and it's a heck yeah, right? That is success. It, and it doesn't matter what the goal is. It's, it's how you feel afterwards that, in, in my opinion, is, is the ultimate definition of success. That's, that's amazing. You're really touching on kind of the emotional connection aspect of that which we do, uh, where so many people focus on the tangibles 
uh, either in terms of compensation, in terms of quote status, you know, the perks you were talking about that can be really tempting and are really hard to leave. But what you're talking about is a feeling, a feeling inside, right? Uh, an emotional event uh, that can there's, happen and that there's nothing that can match that. There's nothing sweeter than freedom, independence, and being truly the driver and the author of your own life. You know, when you decide when, how, why, what, and, and it's your decision, your responsibility, your consequences, there's nothing sweeter than that. And uh, but but you gotta be prepared to bet on yourself, right? And this is where you know it's a it culturally is uh, in North America, right? It's like we want we want it all. We want the big reward, but we also want the safety, right? Yeah, That's yeah. That's why paychecks are so attractive, right? It's like you know when when you live on what on your own wits. And you're successful at it, and you're doing something that you're passionate about. It. Trust me, there's nothing sweeter than that, in my opinion. Yeah, and of course, we all are dealing with a really high change global environment. The past few years, just the craziness between the pandemic and just all the disruption to the economic markets. And so we're in this this reality of the change is here. It's real. It's constant. Carolina, what makes managing change so hard for everyone? Yeah, great question. Um, well, I think it's a couple of things. I don't think it's one thing. One is the speed of change. Like is you know the second something comes to market, a lot of times it's already obsolete. They're already working on 2.0, 2.3, 2.0. You know what I mean? 3.0, 4.0. It's like yes. it's a dizzying change. I think we've changed more in the last few decades that we have in all of human history, right? The oh, yeah. pace of change, I think, affects people a lot. And also is the the uncertainty. You know, is is funny because. During the pandemic, one of the one of the things that, uh, from research and, and from everything, a lot of things I've read, was the uncertainty. The uncertainty was giving people high mental health, you know, overwhelm. But the reality is, the uncertainty is always there, right? This was nothing yeah. new. It was just our awareness of it became more real, and uh, and I think that causes a lot of distress. And and also um, just the mul the multitude of of input that we have now, right? So all of that, you know, is, is constant technology changes, constant fear mongering from you know all of because that that catches people's attention, right? So I think we have so much outside stimuli that says you got to be here, you got to do that, you got to eat this, you don't eat that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're like a bag of neurosis, right? So having a personal center has never been more important. And being confident in knowing where you want to go and trust that you know that you're going to get there. You know, we made it this far. Trust me, we're going to make it all the way, right? In under most, you know, normal circumstances, leaving acts of God and things like beyond our comprehension out of the equation, you know, on, on the, the regular, um, you know, North American, I'm going to make it North American centric, 
in our in our lifespan, chances are we're going to be okay. And and I think we need to know that. And I think there's an element of surrendering and don't look that far down down the path. You know, is we often joke um, that you know all the people that in 2019 during recruitment were being asked, "Where are you going to be three years from now? Five years from now?" Well, there was a pandemic around the corner. <laughs> so whatever your plans were, you know, there were gods laughing at it, right? So yeah. I think it's the ability to be more present, know, you know, know that you're going to be okay, have a certain idea of where you want to go, but don't be so rigid about it. Because one of the one of the things about being too too planning too far into the future is that you're only planning with the knowledge you currently have, right? So you're somewhat limiting yourself. So, because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what emerging technologies there are coming. You don't know mm-hmm. what, you yeah. don't know. So focus on the present, focus on what you can do, right? And know that change has, change is, is the human experience. So there's really, A, nothing you can do about it. So there's kind of no point stressing about it. And just, just, Trust, trust yourself, I think, is, is the, the answer to that question. You know, it's really interesting, um, you know, back to this 2019 to now, so three plus years of experience of even some of the most strongly held notions about the way we even work from a corporate perspective. You know, you always had that, that consistent camp of people that were big believers in Hey, we need to get uh, rear ends, um, you know, in in the office. We need to have people together because physical proximity is what's required, right? Yeah, to yeah. get maximum teamwork. And so, the notion of no, this virtual work thing, uh, inefficient, uh, will never work for us. And isn't amazing that as um, there was a forcing function, and now we emerge on the other end. And and now I'd say the the script is totally flipped to where there's this confidence. And realization that, hey, we thought we couldn't do it. We thought we couldn't continue to grow our business. And how could we be maximally efficient if teams were not physically, you know, co-located? And we found out that a lot of that was not true, that, that you could actually go to a whole different model. And now you've got this, this mindset shift. You can have better talent. You can have, it's just different, you know, and, and no one thing, no one methodology is a hundred percent good or a hundred percent bad. There's good things about working physically, you know, in, in the same place and, and there are bad things about it. And there's good things about a remote virtual, you know, workplace, certainly more green and, uh, but there's bad things about it. Right. So it's really about, you know, trying to build the best model of your business. Because one of the things that in, you know, and I know we're going to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. but one of the things that um, that were great when we went virtual was the accessibility, right? Yeah. It was that all of a sudden, you know, you could, people that, that, that perhaps were, had, mobility vulnerabilities yes. now could apply for jobs that before they wouldn't even consider, right? But then it opened a whole equity thing where, well, if you're letting, you know, the sales team work remotely, what about your shipping docs that physically have to come in? What kind of compensation, you know, adjustment to make it equitable for everyone, right? Because now they don't have the commute, they don't have the expense, 
but other people still need to show up every day. So I I believe that um, the last three years have truly it was it was um, a, a humanity altering event. It's almost like everything everything we've been carrying on for so many years, doing it just because that's the way it's always been done, needs to be rethought. And, and that's a beautiful opportunity. It is. And let's circle back on that diversity, equity, and inclusion thought. Now, your passion, you're the founder and driving force behind Powerful Women Today. You have the One Million Women Challenge where you're aiming to positively impact one million women every year. How do you uh, describe how that fits within the context of this greater focus, realization of the importance of diversity, equity, inclusion? Absolutely. Um, So diversity and equity, right, and inclusion, a lot of, especially with the decentralization of, of work, of the workforce. So now we're talking about a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of gig economy, um, and, um, and, and by the way, we, we have hit more than a million um, women that we've had uh, contact with, uh, with Powerful Women today. Now we're trying to accelerate it so that it's every year, but, but we do it like almost every year. Um, and uh, in one of the things about diversity and inclusion it, that has been, in my opinion, the great equalizer is media, is social media. So now a lot of the voices that perhaps in the past didn't have um, access to representation, be it because of money or be it because, you know, a lot of the the distribution mediums were so heavily controlled, like who, you know, who released music, who released books, who released, you know, videos, right? Now is is truly a democracy. Like if you have yeah. the desire, go for it. Right. And and so we're seeing a lot of more um, emerging voices. And I think that's been absolutely incredible for DEI. And also the fact that now we've eliminated the the middle person from from corporate to the Mm -hmm. public. So now the public is holding corporations accountable. So when it comes to, you know, before there were there were some like big, big corporations that use DEI policies and practices, you know, as a platitude, like, oh, we have, you know, we're diverse. It's like, sure you are. And that when they go to market, the public's not holding them accountable with the products and services that they are offering that is is an authentic, you know, it's an authentic movement, not just a check mark on the the current you know psygest right so is dei has never been more of a reality the doors are wide open is now the onus is really on each and every diverse individual to step up in and take ownership of their success yeah it's it's exciting to see um things going uh, in a direction where uh, new emerging voices happen. There's an empowerment dynamic um, that's involved in all this. And, and of course, um, even with a commitment to DEI in corporations, the other kind of underlying powerful aspect of any company is culture. And when I've talked to senior leaders 
they tell me one of the toughest things that they will ever do is building a compelling, sustainable culture that's healthy, that's vibrant. You've obviously had a perspective uh, in seeing cultures develop and, and be sustained. What's your experience been like in terms of being part of a senior leadership, trying to define that culture or being part of an emerging culture? Uh, yeah, culture is is um, is a funny thing. It occurs in larger organizations or in solopreneurships, right? Every every organization, regardless of size, has a culture. So, how do you define culture? So, in in my career, I have been blessed with with a an interesting scaffolding that sometimes doesn't make much sense to people, but trust me. It's there. Um, so I'm an accountant turned human resources turned um, doctorate in uh, marketing. So they're actually all linked. So and the reason I'm mentioning this is going back to culture. So what is culture in an organization? To put it simply, it is what is allowed and it is what is rewarded. It's not something that you write down. That is policy. Culture is living and breathing. And in leadership, and especially in human resources, we have a saying that culture will eat policy for lunch. And if you want to alter the culture of an organization, it needs to be um, what is allowed and what is rewarded. And it needs to be modeling from leadership. Because culture is you know, is is like what goes viral, right? Is It has yeah. a, a, a life of its own. And all you can do is manage it. And uh, in, in whether you have a positive culture, such as being a learning organization, for example, an organization that, you know, really rewards, back to reward, right? It's all about behavior modification. If you're not happy with the culture you've got. And, uh, you know, what you reward, what you celebrate, um, how you celebrate it. You know, if, if you encourage your employees to continue developing themselves and it doesn't, you know, some companies try to make it, oh, you know, your personal development or career development has to be 100% linked to your, you know, duties in order for yeah. us to reimburse it, right? But the reality is that if that employee is allowed to develop themselves, um, you know, maybe through painting, maybe through public speaking, maybe to something that does not seem to be linked to their job. The reality is that they're going to be happier at work and they're going to appreciate it. Right. And just just culture is something you live every day and you practice every day. And it is possible to have positive cultures, especially when you have a clear mission and vision that is for the greater good that they, that every every member of the organization can sign in for like you know through our services we you know improve the lives of of our clients by and specify how you improve the life of those clients, right? It's not about selling units. It's not about just coming to your job or, you know, things like that. Because a lot of times, especially I see this in, um, in owner managed businesses or, you know, more so than in, in corporations, um, in owner manages, managed business, it becomes about just the goals of the owner, right? And with all due respect to to all you know owner operated businesses, making money for you is not a good enough reason for me to give my best. 
if there's if there's a cause that collectively we are bettering the world, you get a better engagement and signing from all your employees. And that is culture. Yeah, I think the reality with the current new generation of the younger workforce coming in to professional jobs, it really has changed. You know, when I started my career, I can't tell you how many times I kept hearing the same repeated, you know, if you wanted to talk about mission or goal, which was enhance shareholder value. That's that's all it was about. It was about quarterly results, right? And then annual results. And it was a very financially driven purpose. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen in the last couple of years, so many workers deciding to move on because they weren't going to tolerate a culture or a purpose that was less than being more expansive than that. They weren't right. going to settle for, I'm not going to settle for just, look, the reason I'm here is to um, bump the stock price, you know, to enhance that. Sure, that's as a publicly traded company, that's really important, but it is about something more deeper and people are voting with their feet, right? They're, they're moving on. That's right. And you know what? It's the shift. You just said it, and which brilliantly. It's the shift from shareholders to stockholders, to stakeholders, right? And the stakeholder is, is everyone. It's the employees. It's the client. It's the environment. It's the world, right? It's, it's about good global corporate citizenship. And, uh, and you're right. You know, employees vote with their feet. <laughs> you know, if you're losing talent, and, and I love the fact that the younger generation has higher standards, you know, and, and, and it's because I think they did not grow up with the consumerism of the 80s, the 90s, and the, you know, so they're, they're living perhaps a bit simpler lives. So they maybe need less, they need more fulfillment mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, you know, intrinsic feel good than to say, you know, oh, I need to drive, uh, you know, whatever, right? And I think it's a value change. And it goes back to to the three years of the pandemic, right? You know, people were able to re-engage with their children and their spouses and their partners and spend, you know, rethink what's important. And, uh, and, and I think that goes to... Um, you know, to to again to to culture, and I think I think um, I think organizations we need to do better. You know, and and I think everybody's beginning to realize that. Yeah, it's been a, a real a reawakening in terms of priorities. Uh, that's for sure. And one of the other things that I do explore in in my book, The Impact Makers, and this is a a fabric of of a culture, which are the relationships that exist within any organization. Uh, Authentic, trusted relationships can be really powerful. How have a focus on those kinds of relationships made a difference for you, Carolina? Um, Well, I think, uh, and it goes back a little bit to DEI, right? Um, I believe that now that we are more open hearts and minds to acceptance, to accepting diversity, to be inclusive. People now have a greater um, opportunity to show up as themselves, in, in, especially for women. You know, I remember the days that 
that I was the only one, the only female within the management team or within the leadership team, right? And it just happened that I had finance and HR, right? Which are kind of like a, like a more, or at least human resources is viewed more as a female role. And, um, you know, I needed to, I felt the pressure to behave a certain way, like more be one of the guys, right? And, uh, you know, to to kind of like fit in and, you know, the power suits and, and the not, you know, to, conf- to 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 show up as almost like a man, like for for women in the C suite, and now now that it's more more diverse, and in in I believe that everybody, all underrepresented or or, or emerging voices, can now show up authentically and um and and feel better and contribute better, because if now more diverse voices are heard. Right. Then, you know, there's there's greater range and greater scope that organizations can can use and have as their uh, as their differentiator and and um, and to really, you know, nurture that that hidden talent within your group, if that makes any sense. Part of uh, this relationship dynamic is you mentioned modeling earlier and inspiration and motivation. You know, that's absolutely critical. And a part of that uh, is obviously giving guidance and advice to others. But I'd like to flip that around. And in your long and accomplished career, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Um, I would say it came from my mentor, one of my career mentors. And she said, what you attract you don't pursue. In other words, you know, for is is for all of us that are working so hard at trying to to be whoever the market is asking for, opposite to being authentic, right? If you have a true conviction on your products and services and solution or your modality or your philosophy, and you truly believe that it's a game changer, right? You're, you, you ought to be a 100% pure believer of what you stand for, right? And your job is visibility, impact, and legacy. You go and you do, you know, the good work, right? And you become a thought leader and you make sure you're visible and you make sure your your actions every single day are geared towards making a positive impact in, in the life of everyone and everything you touch. You don't need to pursue anybody. They will come to you. They will come to you, you know? And, and we, we speak about diverse, you know, uh, who who you are and show up authentically. So when I was in corporate, I, I, I'm I'm originally from Latin America, so I am Hispanic. I am one of the DIs. <laughs> uh-huh. and, um, you know, in in all my time in corporate, right? Because I've lived most of my life in North America. So, you know, my friends tease me that I'm Latina light, right? <laughs> more <laughs> more North American than anything else. But still, um, being being of a uh, having a, a um, you know a, an ethnicity outside of North America never really defined me. Honestly, I never really thought of it. Aside from from an accent, I just and in, in Toronto, it's just like everybody's from everywhere, right? So you, you know, it's not like you stand out. And um, it wasn't until 
you know, the, the recent political changes in the humanitarian crisis south of the border in the United States, that it kind of activated my Latin, you know, my Latin DNA, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, now it's like I believe that my representation matters. And, and the reason I'm saying it is because of these. You know, um, I often say, and it's in, in my book, and, uh, and I'm only saying it to show that it can be done. So I'm not a, a, a rags to riches story. I'm a riches to rags story. So in Latin America, you know, I was blessed to be within 1%, you know, families. And I left. I left because there was a better, you know, there was a better congruency for me value-wise to come to North America. And, um, you know, in, 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 in all was good. And then I got married, um, you know, to, to an Anglo-Saxon um, gentleman. And, um, you know, on paper, everything was wonderful, right? Like, you know, suburbs, double career, you know, all good on paper. But it wasn't right. So I walked away from, you know, being within the 1% of earners in, you know, or families in Canada, right? And uh, to to kind of, you know, follow my journey. This was after 20 years of marriage. So it's not like, you know, it was a, a light decision. Um, and um, and then when when I reached the one percent earner, you know, through a C suite, still I did not find that it was it, it was fulfilling enough, and I walked away from that too. In five years later, I'm back with being the one percent earner in Canada on my wits. So it can be done, you know, for. All those that think, oh, you know, you're not from originally from North America or you are part of uh, the diversity and inclusion, you know, underrepresented protected groups. Listen, you work hard. You don't follow the pack. You be your own person. You know, don't go at it alone. Um, it can be done. It's doable. That's that's the American dream. That's the Canadian dream. And, and it can be done. And I am proof of it. And so are many, many people. Yeah, I'm going to take it even farther. I'll say that's the human dream. Let's, not, let's go beyond the borders of Correct. countries. <laughs> it's uh, the human dream. And so with with so much going on, uh, it was a great example of just the cyclical um, coming back, uh, going down, coming back up. Um, fantastic example. When you look to the future, Carolina, what continues to make you optimistic? Oh, goodness. Um, that when nothing is certain, everything's possible. Is, you know, just get excited about the possibilities. And, uh, you know, one thing that I have found is that nothing is as hard as it seems. Like, you know, I remember thinking uh, back, so I went back to university when I was 40 to do my master's. So it was an, an after, you know, an after um later in, in my career, right? And and getting your master's wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And then it was like, okay, you know what? I'll get my PhD and doctorate. And you know what? It wasn't as hard as it seems, right? In owning your own business and being a multiple, you know, six-figure business is not as hard as it seems. In rebuilding a seven-figure portfolio after a divorce is not as hard as it seems. It's just not as hard as it seems. In what we need to do, especially for women, is a stop buying all the messaging that, you know, women earn 80 cents on the dollar. That's not true. There's Yes, there's many that do, but there's also many that don't. And all of these, like, it's, it's not that it's oppression, because I, I would like to think that, you know, the world is, is, is better than that. Um, it's, not, it's not intent with malice. It's just intent to 
I don't know, to get attention, to get clicks, to get a good headline, right? But in the in the process, it it, it just continues, it perpetuates that that oppression, uh, you know, messaging, right? And I think women can do anything they want, and it has never been easier, and, and the doors have never been more open. But it does take removing fear from the equation, fear that, you know, someone's going to make fun of you, fear that you're going to appear silly on video, fear, fear that you're not good enough, fear that your knowledge is not worth $300, $500 an hour, you know, because every time you think that there's someone that will whip past you, proving that it can be done. So now it's about personal responsibility. The minute you do that, the minute you take ownership for your success, it's not the patriarchy, it's not, you know, organizations, corporate, nobody's out to get you, you know, under most circumstances. I'm not saying that, you know, that there's not real, you know, things that happen, but we're speaking of most of the circumstances, right? We just need to focus and stay consistent. I think that is the, if there's one thing, we can all be great at a sprint, is the marathon, right? Is being, staying consistent, staying focused, not get demoralized with the no's, not get demoralized with, with failure, because anybody that has succeeded, trust me, they didn't do it on the first try, <laughs> right? It's like you try it. Okay, that didn't work. You try again, you try again, you try again. And Everybody that has changed the world did not do it on the first shot. So it's, it's just having that conviction. And this is why I believe that when you're working on something you're passionate, that is part of your legacy, you're willing to do the work. This is not stressful. This is like, it almost becomes obsessive, right? Like, <laughs> you're good at it, right? I got to crack That's the code. Right. And, uh, and it's doable. I think that's the, the the biggest message is that it is doable. Yeah, that's huge. Well, as we wrap up our conversation, Carolina, do you have any other final advice for business leaders that are looking to elevate performance in their companies? Yes. my So actually, that is the core of Powerful Women today, um, the, the business model, which is leverage the aggregate. So don't go at it alone. Trying to build an audience and get noticed and have an impact and all that on your own in an ocean of digital, you know, content can be very overwhelming. So work with with aggregate organizations. And that's what we do at Powerful Women today. You know, instead of us going alone, we band together and we create this interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary, um, you know, power teams, and then we go sell to the rest of the world, right? And that's why every single one of our books is a bestseller. That's why all of our summits and events get, you know, sold out, right? Because it's not just one of us going at it. We're all independent business owners working collectively for a common goal. So if you are starting out or if you hit a plateau or you're ready for the next level or you feel isolation by, you know, especially within the, the entrepreneurial and solopreneur, um, don't go at it alone. And, and if you're in corporate, get a coach. Do not go at it alone. There's no need for it. And if you want to go the distance, you build a team. That that would be my my 
you know, especially when it comes to expenses, like work with aggregate groups. So to keep the expenses down, because when it comes to visibility, you need a marketing budget, right? And in the marketing budget needs to be consistent. It needs to be permanent. So to try to go to an aggregate group like Powerful Women Today enables you to have that continuous, affordable, visibility, impact, legacy budget for the long haul. So uh, that that would be my, don't go at it alone. It's more fun together. Smart words to end on. Well, Carolina, thanks again for joining and sharing your incredible personal journey and how you are on a mission with a vision to increase women's visibility and impact. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. Your questions were absolutely amazing, thought-provoking. Thank you. And a reminder to everyone to please continue to give the gift of feedback to help make this podcast even better. Go out, rate and review. You can do that very easily out on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcast and Spotify. And as always, make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.